0: Assalamualaikum, people listening and watching. You're tuning into the Let's Walk podcast. I am your host Atau Rahman, and today's guest is Edward Daniels, a dating coach, or should I say, a relationship coach, a relationship coach, all the way from the UK. And uh, I'm glad to have him uh, on the podcast, and he will be sharing his journey. So, Edward, thank you for being here, man. Uh, I-, I look forward to learning a lot from you.
1: Yeah, man, it's really, really great to uh, be here. Like you said, dating and relationship—it's all kind of the same, really. Once you get an amazing dating life, it gives you great opportunities to get into great relationships. So it's part and parcel, really.
0: Wow. So we start the podcast every episode with a controversial question. So uh, the the controversial question I have for you is reading books versus having mentors.
1: That's a great question, man, and. You know, when you think about it, right? When I started, I would read a lot of books because I didn't have too much money, right? So at the time I couldn't really get mentors. I couldn't really afford that kind of stuff. So I'd read a lot of books, you know, I use Audible. I'm not the best reader, so I would listen. So on Audible I'd be listening and I'd listen to usually on like 2.5 or three times speed, which is kind of crazy, especially if you first do it. But I slowly built it up and I'd, you know, listen to a lot of books would be very, very powerful. But saying that it built a solid foundation of knowledge, but it wasn't specific knowledge which meant that if I wanted a certain result, maybe it was with my business or maybe it was with relationships, I'd have to you know, try 10 different books to kind of get a result, it was a lot longer. And while building that base knowledge was really, really useful, and I still recommend it, I still listen to audiobooks all the time, getting a mentor meant you know, much quicker results, whether it was with relationships and dating or whether it was with business. Having a mentor and having that specific knowledge was much more useful and meant that the result that maybe through books or some other way would have taken a year or a year and a half, or maybe two, would take a few months to get that specific result and really get it rolling. So it really depends what you want. Building that base knowledge is gonna be so huge with books, with reading or Audible, but actually having a mentor is so much more useful if you want a specific result. Maybe it's with your dating life, maybe it's with fitness, getting a personal trainer, or maybe it's with business, whatever it is, having that specific result and mentor is always the best way. Uh,
0: so talking about mentors, so people always have this question, right? Where do I get the right mentors or even how do I get mentors? So how, how do you go about it?
1: Yeah, man. So a mentor relationship, is always got to have you know, a win-win, right? It's got to have some sort of exchange. So first of all, the question was getting the right mentor. Well, what you should look is results wise so first of all do they have a result that i want you know there's no point having a business coach teaching you about relationships it's not going to work right but if we instead you they've got the results you want that's great but you should also maybe look at where are they at in their journey right if you're just beginning yeah you could get like the best dating coach you know but you don't necessarily need that maybe you actually just need someone who's a little bit ahead of you which would actually mean financially, you would probably you know, maybe pay less if that's what you're offering in return. But also they've been so much closer to where you're at right now. So for example, say you're good at ones um, like guitar, to you say you, you're on your first few days playing guitar, someone who's been doing it for maybe six months might actually be better helping you through those first few days because they were so recently going through themselves, right? Now that doesn't mean having someone who's super far ahead isn't the way to go it can definitely be very really, really useful but if you're looking to maybe save a little bit of money go for someone who's maybe not lower down not less skilled but they've you know just recently gone past the stage you're at so maybe they're six months ahead of you or a year ahead of you or a couple years ahead of you but not that 10 year gap then you can actually save a little bit of money by paying less but getting someone who's going to get you still those incredible incredible results so that's the first thing that's how to get the right mentor but that doesn't mean you can get someone who's really way ahead. And then how to, you know, get them into your life? Well, the best way is you have to have some sort of exchange. So whether it's maybe you're working for them, maybe you've got an amazing guy that um, runs a business, you're working for free or something like that, along those lines, you know, you see that in Rich Dad poor dad an amazing book. But also the best way, the easiest way is just to pay for someone. There's a lot of guys on Facebook or on Instagram, a lot of guys on YouTube who are doing incredible, incredible work and who get really good results within an eight-week or a 12-week period, and all you have to do is part ways with a bit of money, right? Maybe don't buy a bad video game or whatever that you are spending your money on, and maybe just invest in that mentor. And at the time, it can feel like, oh, should, should, I, should I do this, should I not? But getting past that fear, you know, I've got mentors in my life in many different areas. I've had many different mentors over the time. And when I got one of my first mentors, I was actually, you know, in debt at the time. I really couldn't afford it technically, but having that first business mentor had a huge ROI opportunity. I made like way more money than I put in and it got me out of that debt and it was so worth it. But even at the time it was so scary and there was that huge fear. So don't be scared to invest, but there is definitely other ways of getting mentors into your life, whether it's working for them, but it's always about that value exchange. It has to be Uh, uh, win-win. This makes a lot of sense, you know, like,
0: Uh, the point where you mentioned that you don't need a mentor who is in maybe at level 10 maybe you need a mentor maybe who's at level 5 while you are still beginning and that will also help you financially and also like the learning curve you know you you are able to you know just take the small bits and you know then slowly progress because the person at level 10 he might be looking at very minute details which might be leading to huge uh, uh, problems and he might be giving a lot of information and which might be like overwhelming. Exactly. And uh, exactly. This is where I feel that, you know, uh, having a mentor maybe who is not maybe at his level 10 or maybe he, if he is at a smaller level that, you know, it helps a lot.
1: Yeah, exactly. And
0: exactly. talk a lot about uh, uh, abundance. And uh, I have this question that is it is it actually – like i i understand the fact that like you know abundance is like you know finding that you know you don't need the the, the next book the next uh, coaching in order to you know find the next insight and that you know everything is there it's it's in the present and you know it's with within us correct me if i'm wrong on that and uh, but is it like you know like at some point it feels like you know you're trying to fool yourself
1: yeah yeah i get you i get you so what i've found with this kind of mindset right is when you want to go forward in your life maybe it's that amazing business opportunity or that amazing relationship but you want to pursue well usually it either comes from two places desperation or inspiration right well if it comes from desperation while you may take a lot of action usually it's a lot of activity right so you might be going into that interaction or you might be trying to you know fight for that business and what you do is you take a lot of activity rather than action so you're just like pushing yourself all day, all day. But you're doing, you know, there's this idea of a Pareto distribution. Five percent of the work you do leads to 95% of the results. But most people, if they're in a state of activity, they do 95% of the work that's getting them that 5% of the results, right? So they're, not, they're doing all this activity, but it's not really helping them. Maybe they're maybe they've got a business, but I don't know what it sells, right? But maybe they work on like this minute detail, but doesn't really have any effects on the cash flow of the business, the actual important parts. But because they're coming from desperation, they have to feel like they're doing something to get rid of that fear and anxiety. right? However, when you come from abundance, when you come from just feeling grateful, feeling amazing in your body already, that doesn't mean kidding yourself. It's not like, you know, you're poor, you've got no money and you're like, oh, yeah, I've got everything. right? But it's about changing your state so that you feel first of all grateful for what you've got, but also grateful for the future to grateful for everything that's coming, right? You're not kidding yourself. You're not saying, I've got it now. You're saying it's coming. It's coming to me, you know, quickly and easy, right? And then from that state, you can take it without fear and anxiety, but from inspiration, I'm inspired to crush it, to put out this amazing course or to help my clients one-on-one or to pursue that goal and have a great relationship. You know, if you were, maybe if you had a hundred million in a bank, right? maybe for the first few months or maybe even for the first year you might just relax and chill but eventually you still want to get up and crush it and just have fun and actually take part in the world the reason we're here is not to be docile and we have this weird idea but once we have everything once we're in abundance that suddenly we'll just stop and be like "Nah, i'm okay you know i'm good i'm just gonna sit in bed all day right that's not fulfilling that's not fun instead when you get to abundance what you realize is you're taking action from inspiration inspired to do even more because you feel amazing. You feel like it's working. You know, if I told you that if you sit down for next three hours and you do that consistently over the next month, you'll make 10K and it's you know guaranteed you're very likely to do it. But if you know I tell you that you do that and you maybe you might you might not right it's kind of hard for you to sit down for those three hours to take the action because there's a part of your brain, especially if you haven't done it yet, that's like well, this might not work out or well I don't know if this is going to work right. When we have that gratitude for the future, with maybe visualizing ourselves having those results, where it creates this confidence, whether it's false or not, right? That even if you put this work in, you're going to get results. And then eventually what happens is you do. That makes sense.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like I still understand, you know, but still uh, I have one more question. I think this will hit the nail uh, on the head. And it is like, if, if you're satisfied you won't be working hard right so it's like they say you can't be hungry if you're full
1: i think what starts to happen and this has happened a little bit with me definitely not there but i've heard from a lot of from my mentors right is the motivation changes right so you probably heard of the hierarchy of needs right so, so the first you know like you're fighting with that hunger you're fighting with that oh i need to be i need to make this money so that i don't starve, right which is a great motivation right but it's taxing it's draining it can be quite fearful and anxiety and cause a lot of anxiety but instead when we get to a point where we're already like you said full we come from a different place where we're inspired to take action to make the world maybe a bit better we're inspired to maybe help other people there's a term um there's a book called spiral dynamics i haven't Read all of it, but I've heard this really amazing book, and I've heard the concepts of it. Where we first go into this individual spiral, right, where we go upwards, and you know, we work on our own goals, we work on our own needs. You know, maybe we need that intimacy with a partner, or maybe we need that, you know, um, great business, whatever it is, right. And then we move to the next spiral, and the next spiral is helping others, and then we move to the final spiral, which is where we almost let go a lot of that stuff. So while there is that hunger can drive you at the the beginning it's not sustainable it does cause a lot of anxiety a lot of fear and actually it's not that you get less hungry when you've got that money in the bank or that great relationship instead the motivation changes and you go from being all about your own individual needs but maybe something more of a group needs helping other people you see someone like tony robbins he's millions millions in a bank doesn't need to work but yet he has still does seminar after seminar after seminar not for some individual need it's not because he needs the money it's because he loves to give and it comes from a different space and in fact when it comes from a different space it's much more powerful you've probably heard maybe heard of a book called power versus force where it talks about you know, they did a kinesiology test right so the kinesiology test they press down and they did over millions of participants right and each participant they would you know think of a certain emotion they would get into that emotional state and what he found was when you're in the lower emotional states maybe fear anxiety you're actually you know less powerful you're, you have to use a lot of force a lot more force to get the same amount of strength so you know it would go down but when you're in a state of love peace neutrality which he would call power you know he used um, the scale of Two hundred, which would where you go from force, sorry, from power to force, and you're much stronger in most higher level, in those higher states, right? You come from a state of power. So instead, when we come from these better states where we're not needing something, it actually comes to us a lot easier. It's a weird paradox, right? But you know, a great example is someone who doesn't need the girl, who doesn't need that great relationship, but feels amazing in himself we becomes very very attractive there's the old saying that the hungry don't get fed and while that's kind of brutal it's very true the more you need something the more you're in that fear and anxiety state even if you're working 10 hour days you may get the results you want but it's always pushing through pushing through pushing through rather than just happening naturally and easily when you get into these states of power it becomes much much easier to get results you want
0: uh, now, I, uh,
1: these things, you know, they're starting to settle a little bit in my head now. And it so, takes time, man. I mean, for me, yeah. I heard these ideas. I was like, no, I just, I just want to hustle. I just want to push through resistance. But what yeah, I, this one. Yeah, yeah. What I started to realize was mainly with the success of woman niche, right? That was the first way I kind of saw this, where suddenly when I just put a bit more effort in inner work into letting go a little bit. Instead of pushing through to do 40, 50 approaches, which can help right instead i would go in and i would just have so much fun but suddenly i was 10 times more attracted even though i wasn't doing the technique or doing the line or doing the routine instead i was just going in relaxing letting go being free from outcome just you know free flowing with my words it became very very effortless and it almost felt absolutely easy to get the results that i wanted when beforehand when i was coming from that state of force which you talked about earlier. It was almost like I was pushing through, pushing through, pushing through. Everything had to be hard. Whereas in these higher states, everything was just easy. And once I started seeing that in success of women, I started applying it to bit to business and results were very similar.
0: So that's interesting, you know. Uh, to Tell me about uh, how you help uh, with your course and you know, how do you help people? Is it only with relationships or relationships specifically with um dating and whatnot or is it like you know uh, relationships business money and whatnot how do you go about
1: that yeah man so when i first started this my actually my my first thing i did was meditation coaching right so that's how i started and that's still very much a basis for what i teach now for example the main thing is relationships and dating so in the terms of romantic relationships that kind of thing not necessarily related to business Or i do have a a few clients that are a bit more in the business niche, we help them in meditation, that kind of thing, right? The way I usually help people, you know, I work with people one-on-one over usually 8 to 12 weeks. And what we do is we focus on a lot of, first of all, inner game, inner work, but also the external stuff as well, right? Mm-hmm. So for example, the way I usually describe it is if you imagine a boat, you know, maybe, you know, an amazing, amazing speedboat, it's got a beautiful chassis that's the external stuff right you've got the external stuff you know, you might go and approach you've got the container but you also need an engine and the inner work is the engine so a great example is someone who approaches and just does the external stuff they go out and approach they try this all the stuff well if they don't have the right engine if they don't have the right inner work it's never going to work so all the time when we're doing this and when i'm working with someone one-on-one we're always battling from both sides so we're giving assignments yeah go out and approach a certain amount of times a week build that habit so you're getting social so you're meeting more people so you're getting into physical abundance but also do the inner work go out start doing meditation start going deeper on letting go start getting rid of those insecurities and anxieties that are breaking you up when you're in an interaction because for example i had an amazing client the other day had a huge breakthrough he was, in the first few weeks, he was in these states of force where he was pushing, pushing, pushing through. And it was great. He was getting results. He was doing really well. But suddenly, it just sort of clicked for him. And he started doing a lot of inner work and letting go. And he went out for the last few weeks. And instead of having to push through to get 10, 15 approaches, he just did 50 almost effortlessly. It just felt like an extension of himself where he was going in. And he wasn't thinking about, what do I say? How do I make this work? He was just allowed to come from him. He was very present, having an amazing time. And his results reflect about being so much more consistent, being so much more effective, you know, having girls be so much more attracted to him. Just because he started doing this inner work rather than just the external stuff. So it's always about hitting both sides. And we'd usually do it over eight to 12 weeks to really make sure that the skill is mastered by the end of it.
0: well you mentioned uh... Inner work, right? So, uh, so explain a little bit about to the people watching or listening that what what does it entail? Like,
1: that's a good question, man. So, obviously, inner work is a kind of a loaded term with a lot of different stuff. And for certain people, we have to go different things, right? It's not you know one fit solution. That's why I prefer mentoring or coaching one on one, just because it's a bit more personal. You get the best results. However. There's usually three to four bases. So, for example, you have basic meditation. So, you know, a lot of your clients may have done it, a lot of people watching may have done it. Is that, you know, you'd focus on observing your thoughts and focusing on your breath. What this does, and the reason this is so powerful, is we always assume that our thoughts are our thoughts. The reality is that just a thought, you know, a thought comes by no matter how quote unquote negative it is it's just a thought. A great term and a great way to view it is almost like a highway. You see an amazing highway of cars, and maybe it's in the evening and it's quite dark and it's almost just a flash of light. Well, that's how you should view your thoughts. It's not your thoughts, it's just a thought. It's coming through, it's leaving. The only reason thoughts stick around is because we attach emotion to them. However, when we do this first stage of meditation, we just observe, we make them neutral, we don't judge them. We don't say that's a negative thought, that's a good thought, whatever. We don't attach emotion to it. We breathe for it. If you find yourself perhaps being drawn by a certain thought pattern or taken away, you come back to that breath. Then what happens is suddenly you get into this neutral state. Suddenly you're not affected by this happening or this happening. Maybe you go out and you're having an amazing, amazing interaction. It goes really well. Or maybe something you, know, you get rejected. But beforehand, maybe your thoughts just go crazy, crazy, crazy. They go, attack you a little bit. Instead, you're like, well, here's what it is. You breathe into it. You allow those thoughts to come up and leave. The same thing, a lot of guys may struggle with approaching. They see a beautiful girl they want to engage with, they want to have an interaction with. But guess what? If that fear come up, they have those thoughts. Oh, you shouldn't do because of this, this, this. When you learn this first style of meditation, you're able to get neutral with those thoughts. You're able to allow them to leave. And then what happens is you can approach with ease. You're not in your head when you're in an interaction. You're able to be much more present. You're able to just allow for you know allow words to come from you. Allow yourself to have incredible conversations. Instead of maybe you've had this before, maybe a few people watching have this before, where it's almost like there's a block when we talk to someone. They're so stuck in their head that they can't really connect. But when you do this first augmentation is very very effective. And the second star, this is more letting go, where you might go into the emotions. And an emotion is very simple. An emotion is a sensation plus our thought about it. So you'll probably find that anxiety and excitement are very similar emotions. But our thought about it changes the way we view it. This is negative, this is positive. Which means, because an emotion, they come and go throughout the day, right? But unfortunately, whatever we resist persists. So if you view an emotion is a negative emotion, well, then what happens is we start resisting it. Oh, I can't be angry. Oh, I can't be scared. No, bad, bad, bad. I can't be scared, right? You maybe have these fights in your own head. And then what happens is it actually stays because whatever you resist persists, it just stays. And then you get more angry or more fearful and you, get, um, you start creating these emotional patterns, which then your thoughts start getting involved and it gets worse and worse and worse. However, when you go into the sensation directly, you don't label it as anxiety, fear, excitement, whatever. You just go into the sensation. You might do do this over an hour. You know, I do it a couple of hours a day. Where I would simply go into the sensation, breathe into it, put that focus there. And then what you'll find is because you're making it neutral, you're not judging it, you're not saying it's bad or good, you're not resisting it, it leaves on its own. That fear or that anger that we once thought was so bad that sensation just comes up and it goes it takes practice it takes a lot of practice to get there but what that means is suddenly we have less approach anxiety the more we do it we just get rid of it completely suddenly a lot of those emotions when perhaps we get rejected or something bad happens or maybe the interaction isn't going as well maybe you've had that experience where you've been talking to a girl and it's kind of awkward you know it's kind of you know there's that silence Well, because that science and all that awkward sensation is is a sensation can allow it to leave allow it to go right which means that you're able to be very grounded you're able to be very confident without that need to fill every gap without that need to not approach without that need to even beat yourself up after a rejection so that's the second one and the third one is a bit more mainstream visualization could be really incredibly useful just because it allows you to change that emotional state these three basics you know uh, we've only gone over a brief summary but when you do them religiously daily build habits around them and do them you know specific one that's probably more tailored for you it becomes very easy to get rid of common problems like that fear of approaching to get out of your head when you're on a date to really connect with someone and see if they're right for you without needing some validation from them instead of feeling internally validated already that makes sense.
0: Yep. yep. You know the 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 most uh, the thing which hit me the most, you know, like is uh, I always, you know, have seen this pattern in my life, and I'm sure you know other people have seen that. You know, whenever I wanted a thing, you know, I wanted to win this competition, I wanted to be first in the class, I wanted to uh, make it into the uh, make it into the football team or whatever it was. Whenever I tried uh, too hard for it, nothing happened, and then when I left. Uh, left it there you know I don't care about that you know I'm, I'm going to focus just on playing suddenly I'm in the team
1: yeah exactly exactly
0: it's weird you know it's like super super weird you know and uh, you mentioned this you know that uh, we attach our identity to the outcome yeah. right exactly. and then when we let go of the outcome and we are um, content and satisfied with ourselves and take action for the sake of taking action yeah and that is when things start to you know click. exactly man
1: and from that state as well there's an old spiritual saying i'm going to try to remember it now is you're not entitled to the result of an action you're entitled to only the action right which means that when you want a certain result find out whatever habits they're going to get you there what is the way that someone who's been there before that's why mentors are so useful but don't get attached to the result when you just put that focus on maybe it's for a business or well, you might find out that if you do this many posts or you do this kind of thing and you do these sales calls that you'll get results. You put all that focus on, all right, I'm going to do these sales calls really well or I'm going to do these posts to the best of my ability. And then what happens is you feel pride because it's something you have control over. Results, while you have control of the action, you don't necessarily have control of the results. Sometimes luck does play a little bit better. However, if you do the habits and you do the um right action over a long enough period of time the results will always come in line right but if you get too attached to the results and what happens is most people maybe they go for a month or two or maybe even a week and then they get so attached to the results and even if they're going 100 miles an hour and they don't get those results because they're trying to push it they're trying to push it they're trying to you know they create that resistance or then what happens is they give up they quit or they just create so much resistance but it's so hard for them to push through And they're doing like their worst work because their focus is so much on results and not on the actions that they're doing. For example, with Successful Women, the guy's put too much obsession on, does this girl like me? Or is this something going to happen with her? Then what happens is they're not in the moment. They're not able to talk freely. They're not able to connect with her. Instead, they create this resistance. In fact, what does she feel? Well, this guy wants something from me. Instead of going in there, focusing on, first of all, something that um, an old mentor of mine used to say is the moment you said hi, you've already won. Well, going in with that mindset, of, it's not what happens after. It's not a result of the interaction. I'm going to be proud of myself just because I did the approach to put myself in that position. Well, then maybe you do. you say hi and you feel so good about yourself. You're in that great state. You're able to talk and talk and talk. You're able to just have an amazing experience. And then suddenly something does happen. But it's not because you forced it or pushed through it. It's because you allowed it to happen by putting the focus on what you can control and allowing it to flow from there.
0: Wow, That's, that's a really nice way you put it. You know. There's one more phenomenon you know, I want to, I want to uh, share. That is uh, whenever we commit to something, I feel there's a test that nature puts in place. So whenever we say, yeah, from tomorrow onwards, I'm on a diet. And suddenly, there are 10 friends who are having a wedding.
1: Yeah, literally. Literally, that's so true, man. And, and I think, you
0: know, this is, this is, a, this is the a test which nature puts in place so that, you know, it gets the bad, uh, bad fruits out of the place. And, you know, so that the others, like the good fruits, you know, they can thrive. I feel, you know, this is this is I've seen this, you know, too many times in my life. And I feel like, yeah, I don't know why many people don't talk about it. Have you ever felt the same thing?
1: Yeah, I mean, one of the common things we always see is people starting a diet around January or that new year's resolution around January, when everyone fails at the same time, right? It's because people look for the right time to start. I mean, universal is like somewhere like January, right? But when, for example, I, I, I realized I hadn't been working out in a while, I'd been focusing on too much on business, which was great, I was getting results in these areas, but I was neglecting my health, which is never a good thing. And so I started to realize, well, maybe I need to work out then as a part of me that ego mind comes up oh you can just wait two weeks from now or three weeks from now maybe wait till after christmas you know because this was around christmas time this was around december and it was like two weeks or three weeks till christmas but i was like no i'm not gonna you know wait until january and be one of those people who starts in january and fails i'm gonna use the next two three weeks go really really hard have an incredible work routine, get that habit started And then enjoy Christmas, had a great time with my family. And then when January rolled around, I wasn't starting from zero. Instead, I was starting from somewhere. And even though it wasn't the best circumstances, you're never going to feel ready. You're never going to feel like this is the best time to do it. There's always going to be a reason why you can't. And you just have to push through it because it's never going to be the right time. You have to make it the right time. And even if something that, like you said, a wedding came up when you wanted to start a diet, well, that's one day, right? or maybe it's a week, all you have to do is start the habit. Then even if you have a week of that's not perfect, you won't be starting from zero. You'll be starting from at least one, two, three, right? And it's so much easier. And like you said, it does separate you know, the crumb from a crop. And when you allow yourself to be one of those people who does shine through, that's when you'll start seeing results that other people won't get. Yeah, totally, man
0: uh i've i've seen that you know in your post you you read a lot of books okay so like if there's one book you would recommend what would that be
1: yeah was, i mean there's so many good books man there's quite a few i want to i want to do
0: okay so three I'd books
1: say, okay for, let's go free actually let's go free so i'd say letting go the pathway to surrender it's an amazing book because it talks so much about you know, instead of putting so much emphasis like we said on a result so allowing it to happen, letting go of those emotions and sensations, just allowing it to come through. The other one is You Are the Placebo by Dr. Joe Dispenza. There's also another book by his called Becoming Supernatural, which is equally as good. So choose whichever one. But Dr. Joe Dispenza, he's the author, he talks all about visualization, how powerful it can be. And he uses it for health benefits for people who have had serious illnesses and use his techniques to really get results in area. And I highly, highly recommend it because he talks a lot about quantum physics, all of this stuff that I really can't explain very well. But he talks about it in so much more depth and so much more enlightening. And the third one, this is a difficult one because there is so, there's so so many good books and there's a lot of external stuff that can be really useful. But I would have to say The Way of Superior Map. So if you've heard of it, it's by David Deada. And it's very, very powerful because it talks a lot about how someone who comes from a masculine place a man should live in the world right and it comes from a place of you know, mixing spirituality with the external world right sometimes if it's just a book that's very spiritual it can be useful but can be a bit you know esoteric not very practical it's where superior man talks about how you should live you know, living on your edge going forward with your first goal I men, allowing the others to come up one of the really good concepts that a lot of people and a lot of traps people fall into is they they want to find their purpose why am i here what is my ultimate goal but what david Yeda talks about is you should go 100 with whatever comes up right now whatever your main goal is right now whatever your main purpose is right now and it's almost like um, one of those dolls right you get the first skin off and then the second and then the third Because maybe you complete that first goal, it doesn't feel that great, but then another one comes up. You complete that and then it doesn't feel that great, then the third one comes up until you finally get to your main purpose. But it starts by building these first initial wins, these first initial purposes at the start of your life until you find that main one right at the end. And that's really, really powerful. It talks about in the way of superior man. But I'd say letting go, the way of placebo, the way of superior man and you are a placebo, so it's a free pass, and I highly recommend them.
0: Talking about the way of the superior man, do you think that uh, uh, the statement that uh, men today are getting soft, uh, like what's your take on that statement?
1: Say that again, sir.
0: That men are get uh, men today are soft due to indulging in uh, uh, whether it's uh, substance abuse or uh, adult content or whatnot. So, do you think you know that uh, this is making uh, men soft, or you know, uh, like basically feminizing them, or you know, making reducing their masculinity in any any way, shape, or form?
1: Yeah, I think that's definitely a problem. One of the biggest problems is escapism, video games, Netflix, uh, what you know, substance abuse, alcohol, eating too much. It doesn't come from a place of feeling. Lazy. If you felt incredible at that moment, you probably wouldn't divulge into that right that doesn't mean that at certain points you can't you know watch something cool on netflix with a great girl or you know, maybe go to an epic restaurant and have some you know food that's maybe not good for you but what it means is that if you're ever in a point where you're coping where you're doing it to not feel so maybe your your number your purpose isn't going that well or maybe you're kind of avoiding it and you're trying to use your stuff to escape that's when it's a problem and it's because most people, they don't know how to deal with negative emotions, right? It's because like we have talked about, they always resist them a bit, which means we have to escape. So resist, escape, resist, escape, you know, resist, watch Netflix. Oh, I feel like stressed out about this assignment, watch Netflix. Oh, I feel stressed out about my business, I'm going to eat something or, you know, maybe my girlfriend dumps me, oh, I'm going to um, watch porn, right? All of this stuff is escape. But when you master your inner world where you're able to actually work those emotions accept them allow them to leave you become stronger you become stronger internally which always manifests itself externally it's not about pushing yourself down it's not about resisting all this stuff which is where there's definitely you know traditional masculinity does have its flaws but there's also a the way that where we're moving too much and we have direction just escapism just into this indulgence which is terrible as well it's about having made a way about you know accepting the emotions that come up don't resist it and don't just fight for it push through it and be super tight allowing it to come up but also allowing it to leave and dealing with it properly going into it doing a bit more of a spiritual way where you might bring these emotions up bring these sensations up and i probably shouldn't have used the term spiritual because it's not it's much more just it's very basic going into those sensations, allowing them to come up and allowing them to leave. When you do that, well, suddenly you have a new way where you can deal with your emotions, where you don't need to escape with porn, with you know Netflix, with whatever. And you can actually be strong coming from within, not just forcing yourself to look super tired, super stressed out super strong. When it's actually that internal strength that really shines through. That makes
0: sense. Do you think there's this notion with uh, letting go, right? That uh, it's, it's sort of you know more emotion, like it's it it gets you know like all your emotions, or you know it's making you uh, sort of a more feely person, or you know men should be like hard, huh, and you know these the emotions, you know these are not for men or something. like that. Do you think there's this notion, like?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's definitely that, and I think it's just a misconception right most people when they're told to go into their emotions they automatically go to this idea of expressing your emotions you have the old psycho- 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 psychoanalytical approach of where you would sit on a couch and talk about your feelings which is a terrible way of doing it because all you're doing is bring your mind into the feelings and you're just creating a loop you're creating an identity and a story around these negative emotions oh, I feel this way because this happened, or this happened, or this happened. And while that can have some benefits, actually going into the sensation and viewing it more as neutral, bringing it up and letting it go is a much better way because you're not, being, you know, not sitting around moping about it all the time. You're allowing yourself to feel it. You're not you know, pushing it down. But you're allowing yourself and then you're letting it go, which I think is actually very masculine. I mean, is it really masculine to just hide away from these kind of negative emotions? I think it's almost, you, know, you might hear Jordan Peterson talk about where you would go into the belly of a dragon to find the treasure, right? You're going into the darkest parts of yourself doing this quote-unquote shadow work. You're going into the most frightening parts of yourself. It's through meditation, through some of the stuff, I've had some truly terrifying experiences, truly. But they always led to be better on the, the other side. And that is the most masculine thing you can do. It's not about shying away from it. It's not about dwelling into your feelings and creating an identity around it. It's about the most masculine thing you can do, which is going into it, going into that fear, going into that stress, breathing into it. Not labeling it as fear and stress, going into the sensation, breathing into it and allowing it to leave. That's the most masculine thing you can do. But it's often conflated, This whole idea of letting go is conflated with this idea of sitting on a couch and talking through your feelings and just creating an identity around it, which is terrible.
0: Oh, I mean, you differentiated and um, you you kept it really nice, you know, like, uh, you know, people get it, you know, mixed with, um, like you mentioned, you know, expressing their feelings and, you know, whatnot, but it's not that, you know, it's like basically letting them come up, breathing in and letting them go away, right?
1: Exactly. exactly. I
0: want to know how has meditation, like you mentioned, you do the three-step meditation, right? Phase one, uh, normal meditation, 20 minutes. And then phase two is, which, um, I think it's visualization and then letting it go. Right. So how has it impacted your relationships, uh, business, finances, health, fitness? Like how has it impacted? Not like in wake terms, you know, I've been healthy, but like in sort of like more specific terms.
1: Yeah. I mean, Let's start with relationships and dating. So the old premise was that you would go out, gain massive momentum, you'd take massive action. And that's an amazing way to go. But the problem was, I would find that I would go for a month or two months where I'd go take huge action. It'd be incredible. But if I stopped for a week or I stopped for a month, that fear, anxiety, that momentum would shift and it would stop because it was coming from a bad place right the foundations weren't built underneath however when I started doing this inner work I could stop for a month two months three months and I wouldn't say doing that was a good idea right but I could stop I had that choice and I was free and then I would still be pretty much at the same place which meant that actual transformation was permanent where I could go into any venue you know it's been a while since there's been any clubs or bars open because of lockdown but when metal opens, there won't be that crazy anxiety that would have come up before. I could go up to people, talk to them, have an incredible interaction and have really great results. You know, when I started doing this, having been at work, I went from having maybe one great night a week where maybe if I would go out four times, there'll be one night where I went really well, where I would kind of finally get to this present state and maybe have a great result, have an amazing experience with a girl. But instead, When I started doing this inner work, it'd be very consistent where pretty much every night I could get into this very social flow I'd have an amazing experience, have an amazing time with everyone and then maybe have something more with a specific girl, Um, eventually getting into a relationship as well. Same thing happened with business. I started doing this inner work. I went from making, you know, pretty much nothing, making a couple of hundred a month to making a few thousand, um, you know, going for that 10K, very, very close to it. And it all started with that, inner work it started with going within building those foundations to get the results that you want and it's only when i started doing this stuff that the external became very easy now we often think that we need to do this 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 and this but usually it's a set of steps that you can do every day and the only thing that's keeping you from getting the success is time and the way you view it you know a lot of people they actually do you know self-sabotage because they might start a habit for a week or two, but when they don't see instant results, which they're not going to because it takes time, they get frustrated. They start worrying, is this the right thing? Is this the right thing? And then they jump to the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. They've started 10 businesses and none of them worked. And it's always, you know, a mentor of mine used to say, the grass is always greener, but the grass is only green if it's been... Looked after, right? You've got to make your own grass ring You've got to make your own farm green, and you've got to put in the work, be persistent. But a lot of getting success in certain areas, for example, relationships, or dating, or business, and I'm no expert business. Relation dating is more my um, more my forte. It was persistence. It was doing the same thing every single week and getting a little bit better every single week. But you can't do that without having the right mindset that's going to take you through that. And while also um, doing the inner work definitely helped as well, specifically with dating relationships, because it got a lot of that fear and anxiety, but it also meant I could connect with people very easily. Where instead of having that filter, you know, a lot of guys, they might talk to someone who's particularly attractive, or maybe they're at a business meeting, maybe a sales meeting, they feel a little bit stifled. They might be thinking, is this good enough to say? Is this good enough to say? Is this good enough to say? When you start doing this inner work, you're instantly able to let go of a lot of that voice inside your head and a lot of that stifling and it becomes very very effortless to talk create a conversation and to really get results for you want to get that great in life to get that great relationship because you're not getting in your own way
0: yeah makes sense makes <clears throat> makes sense um well, what do you think are like common mistakes that uh, people make in relationships like uh, and how can they avoid that
1: so the most common one with relationships is looking for someone to complete you. So you see this all the time with this. And it's by no fault of anyone's own because it's perpetrated through mainstream media, through the narrative. Oh, this girl's going to complete me. What is every Hollywood movie? Oh, she completes me. She makes my world worth living what does that imply? what it implies that when I'm single on my own, maybe I get rejected, maybe something like that happens, but I'm completely worthless and I'm not complete on my own. Which means that you might go into every interaction or even in your relationship being needy, needing something from them, looking for something from them when they barely know you. You see a lot of guys who meet a girl once and they're in love with her. They don't know her. They've just put this huge halo effect on her. And then this has a huge effect where maybe they're looking for that completeness and so is the girl. And then they create a toxic relationship where they both need stuff from each other and it becomes very, very manipulative. Then the next thing is once you're able to actually come from a state where your cup is already filled, where you're already complete, suddenly you might go out, maybe you go out um, meeting people, go to a bar or some venue, maybe you the street, And suddenly, someone, the girl can feel that this guy is coming, he's talked to me, he's bringing a lot of value, looking for anything from me, this would be a cool guy to maybe date, have something go on with us, right? And it just comes from a state where you don't need it to happen. It comes with letting go. And this is the biggest mistake I would say is changing your mindset from I need her to complete me to I'm already complete. And doing the inner work to support that, to actually getting to that internal validation can be the biggest thing where you do internally, but leads to external results when it comes to relationships, whether that's in a relationship you're already in, or whether that's in a relationship where you want to start. It comes from a place where I'm already complete, but this is just an addition. I love her, but I'm not attached to her. If something happens, that's okay. If it doesn't work out, that's okay. Yeah, I'll be sad. Yeah, I'll be sad, care but I won't be destroyed because guess what? I'm already complete. She was a great addition. She added to my life, but she didn't make me who I am. I'm already enough, just I am.
0: Makes sense. Like, I th- I think I think this is a mistake I think more, most people make. And uh, I think this uh, a part of this mistake is also, you know, like when you become needy and then suddenly you start pedestalizing women and then, you know, I feel, you know, they, they feel more um, like they feel that, you know, how how am I supposed to provide that? And I think, you know, then they get more insecure or whatnot because I've seen it myself, you know, like uh, I had this thing going on in my mind, but uh, then I felt like, oh, wait a second. Yeah. They are as crude as me. Like everybody's, like everybody's having their own problems. And the moment we start seeing that, you know, okay, whether, uh, regardless of what gender they are, uh, they have basically the same problems. Everybody's, you know, trying to do this or that, you know, and then everything is like wow it's like so easy so easy to connect with people there's no superiority or inferiority you know just as equals yeah that was a real breakthrough for me
1: yeah it's crazy when you start having that change where instead of putting a girl above you you just start realizing oh you know we're not perfect but let's be not perfect together you know makes
0: sense uh uh how, how do you balance your life as a coach? So you are coaching people. You have to make content for YouTube. Uh, you have to make content for Instagram. How do you manage all these? Do you have assistance or like, how do you do that?
1: So there's two things, right? So it always comes back to internal, but external. So the external steps, so I use um, an application called Notion. You've maybe used it before. Super useful. What I would do is I would have my day plans every single day. What do I need to get done? What is the most important things to get done? And I would get it done each day. I put myself in different blocks, but I also make sure that I'm giving myself time to relax a little bit, to do things such as meditation, to build these basic habits. And then from there, that makes it super easy. Basically everything I want to have done through the week gets done very, very easily, right? But it also comes from the inner work, right? A lot of people might feel they don't have time, they're cluttered, but it's not necessarily that schedule schedule's packed, it's because their thoughts about it, their emotions about it, the actual feeling of anxiety and stress of you know almost being cluttered comes from within. So while we can mitigate it with this external stuff, super useful. Use it all the time. You know, I wouldn't be able to do what I do without it. But when I do the meditation, especially the one where I neutralize the thoughts and you have first start meditation where you might observe your thoughts, breathe into it, all that does is it gets you to that calm state where you're kind of quietening the mind where you're getting rid of a lot of that stuff that's saying I need to do this I need to do this I need to do this and you can really focus on what's actually important and then you get that done throughout the day because it can be very very distracting it can be very very tempting but you've made this amazing day plan or notion but throughout the day your brain comes up I need to do this 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 when you don't it's just that feeling and like we said it's coming from that feeling of desperation of a need to do activity to make yourself feel like you're being and doing enough but when you let go of that it becomes very easy to stick to your day plans but it is very important to have that external stuff doing something like notion is invaluable and i definitely recommend it
0: now the, the point you mentioned that you know uh, we can have sometimes uh, like all the plans that you i need to do uh, like 10 different things but when you sit and basically just look at that Maybe you need to do just two things which are important.
1: Exactly. right exactly.
0: And sometimes, you know, I, I sit and I laugh at this, you know, like sometimes we can act, uh, act up like we are so busy, but I see like, you know, these, these tasks, they, they are actually like, they're not, they don't have a lot of return, right? They, they are yeah. a shallow task, I would say. And yeah. they might they should have been, you know, scheduled in the downtime where you know I I don't have like I have low energy, so you know I need to you know, maybe clean this thing up. it Shouldn't be my highest priority. Right?
1: Exactly. For example, a great way of looking at it is in a business, or for you know most businesses. Let's say you have you need to generate leads, you need to be on most sales calls, and then you need to be giving them the best product possible. Right. So there's three main things. There's not that much to complicate it, but our minds always make it and our egos always make it so complicated i need to do this I need to do this I need to do this needs to, need to, need to be perfect instead when we stick to the core tasks what is actually going to generate cash flow that's when you start making it easy for yourself and when you want to do those minor tasks maybe you even just choose one day a week maybe wednesday friday that's what you do for the minor tasks just for getting the admin done that's not imperative or important but it just sometimes needs to get done kind of just clean with you know the dirty as it would be and that kind of helps mitigate the clutter in your mind but it does come from inner work as well because if you're you know when you realize that it's just these three things your mind always wants to create more it's only when you kind of quieten it but it becomes easy to stick to it
0: i i went through your linkedin profile and i saw that you were enrolled in a university for a bachelor's in psychology so does that have an effect on, like, the program you set up, like, all the techniques and whatnot? Yeah, man. I mean,
1: obviously, when I, you know, psychology is huge. It's um, very, very important. Like, there's a lot of techniques that I use from there. But at the end of the day, I, w- I always want to use the best stuff, right? I always want to use what works. It's like, you know, when Bruce Lee t- would talk about martial arts, you know, get rid of what is not useful and use what is useful, firm and dead work. So there's a lot of amazing stuff in psychology, but there's also a lot of dead work. There's a lot of stuff that is not useful, but it's just mental masturbation that is not needed. Combining a lot of psychology aspects with meditation and spiritual aspects, also getting rid of the deadwood of a lot of the spiritual stuff because there's amazing stuff when it comes to meditation, certain spirituality concepts. But there is also a lot of, you know, quote unquote spiritual bypassing. People who would, you know, maybe they haven't paid rent in six months, but they're like oh i'm just abundant well no you, you haven't paid rent for six months like you need to sort something out right so there's definitely you know you need to hit it from both sides i think that's why something like david Dieter's the way of superior man is so good because it combines practical way of actually using spirituality not just you know spiritual bypassing you you might see people perhaps on venice beach who amazing people very very spiritual but the end of the day they they don't have a job or they're not making any money with business and then you know while they may feel really good 24 7 while you know they're just kicking on the beach they haven't really actually changed their lives in the last five years they've just felt a bit better right now that doesn't mean that we should go completely the other way where we just do all the psychology and we just maximize productivity and we're just working 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 because then we don't really you know we don't let go we're too focused on results we can block ourselves as well but we also make for more miserable lives so it's always about that balance so using what is useful from psychology that i learned and obviously the books that i've read and then also using what is useful from more esoteric meditation stuff and just combining it to make sure that you get results because i don't really want some course or some program that's just a lot of nice information at the end of the day we stick to core principles and core techniques and habits, and we just go deeper and deeper and deeper on them to get the results that you want.
0: Now that uh, you know, like I mentioned, that you you have uh, you're currently pursuing, or uh, have you completed the degree?
1: So I'm currently still doing the degree while doing the business, which is kind of crazy, um, but I think it's it's definitely worthwhile because you know it's a good experience. I was halfway through when I created the business um only got a year left it looks like so you know it's still it's still manageable so currently it's currently doing the business doing the degree and i'm actually going to america um for the start of first semester next year which will be for like an exchange So that should be a really incredible opportunity as well
0: wow uh, good luck on that one and uh, like do you use uh, like what's your take on uh and uh, di- uh, dynamics and self-analysis basically you know i think you know it's uh, uh, the principles laid by l. Ron, l ron hubbard he's the father of sci- scientology like are those prin- uh, does those principle work or like what? Do, what's your take on that
1: i mean that's a great question man but in all honesty i haven't looked too much into that so i probably wouldn't give a great or educated opinion so i don't want to talk to you about because otherwise i would be one of those people talking about stuff he doesn't know about so for that question um yeah, I really don't know too much about that. I haven't looked into enough.
0: Okay. So uh moving on, uh this is the uh part of the podcast where I uh question about life. So this is called the perspective questions to bring life in
1: perspective.
0: So what is that one thing that the pandemic has taught you?
1: Yeah, that's an incredible, incredible question, man. The pandemic beforehand, I was going, you know, I was still doing a lot of inner work, I was still doing it, but it was more shallow. What the pandemic taught me was the importance of going within and not resisting. For example, I was, you know, when I first started the pandemic, I was actually having to isolate with my parents, which was crazy. And I literally, I I was like, well, I may as well use this time to go deeper in meditation. And the first few weeks were going amazing because what will happen if meditation is almost like peeling an onion. You have this really, really good high and then it goes and then there's another layer of skin and then there's another layer of skin another layer of skin until we go deeper and deeper and deeper. And what I started experiencing was that a lot of this stuff that maybe I hadn't dealt with previously would come up and it was terrifying. I experienced this kind of pain, this fear and anxiety that didn't go away for a while because I was resisting. I would resist it. I'd be like, oh, no, I can't feel this. I can't feel this. I can't feel this. It would go for a month, two months. Until I'd go deeper and deeper and deeper, I started learning more about these spiritual concepts of letting go. I actually, you know, got some mentorship, and then what I started to do was go into. It. I started to stop let my light, let my mind go, and instead go into the sensation. And that's when I really started being able to really let go. And from there, started my business, started helping a lot of people out with it as well, going deeper and deeper and deeper, and also it helped every other aspect of my life. So I definitely say is the importance of going within and the importance of not resisting, that's the biggest lesson I got through the pandemic.
0: Uh, that that's really insightful. You know, I think that translates into different, uh, avenues, Yeah, uh, be it fitness business or even business also, like in, in the case of fitness, like the starting, you know, everybody's excited, you know, yeah. They got the new shoes, new, yeah. uh, watches and everything, the smart watch and whatnot. But then slowly, you know, like after like six months and then one year, then it starts to get a little bit more boring, right? And then you know, then uh, you you become a creature of habit, and then it, it's like more stressful kind of thing. And uh, and slowly, slowly, you know, like you have to deal with you know the small uh, small mistakes in form and whatnot, and that becomes like a mental battle. And then after you go through it, and then you look back at the journey, and it's sort of like you know, wow, man. That's, that's the transformation
1: exactly exactly so small steps every single time and you always have that initial high of oh this is so well i'm so glad i'm doing this that will never leave fade. it's about building those strong habits that are going to stay even when you don't feel like it and even when it feels that stress of you know like you said changing that form or changing a few things it can feel kind of stressful but it's that small steps that really makes a progress over the long run
0: So the next question is, if you could meet three people dead or alive, who would they be and why?
1: That's an amazing question. It's a really good question, actually. Oh, I mean, start with definitely someone like Tony Robbins, obviously still alive. Really, really incredible person. Second one might be. I'm pretty sure he's dead. Definitely dead. You know Napoleon Hill, who wrote Think and Grow Rich. His stuff was extremely insightful. And the third one would actually be probably Owen Cook. I don't know if you've heard of him, the guy who runs real social dynamics or he might be known as RSD. Yeah, RSD, RSD, right? Yeah, RSD Tyler, um, Owen Cook. You know, I've been through a few of his programs, Hot Seat Home, incredible, incredible program. And I'd love to meet him because he does seem like a very smart guy. He's been for a lot of crazy stuff, um so i'd say tony robbins owen cook and Napoleon hill i definitely yeah that'd be an interesting few conversations
0: wow <laughs> so um edward where is the best place people can uh find you
1: yeah man so i'm most like most active on instagram and facebook so what well, i'm just i'm just gonna grab it now actually you know we met through instagram um and it's just edward underscore dot daniels and just search that up on instagram it should hope to become the first one and it would just be under edwards or men's dating coach if you want to find me there that'd be epic just message me i usually respond to dms quite quickly on them um, if you want to work together that'd be epic but from there i'm literally con- you know posting content pretty much monday to saturday don't really use sunday always have sunday to rest day but instagram's probably my most, most my most active profile if you want to get in touch
0: uh, so now like, I'm just curious, you know, what uh, made you uh, accept my cold DM and uh, get ready for a podcast?
1: Yeah, man. I mean, I feel that there's always much better opportunity to say yes to, right? So you should always say yes, especially with someone like this, right? It's where there's you know, definite value. I get to you know, practice public speaking more and more. I get on a great podcast. Maybe there's some reach in there. Maybe I'd meet an incredible person, definitely have. And there's always going to be value there, right? So in, there's no, really no downside for me getting on this. You know, maybe it takes an hour, not much time. I had a free hour, we sorted it out on my calendar. And I get to really hopefully get value, hopefully get a lot of value by um, answering great questions, thinking a little bit about a few things that I perhaps wouldn't have thought about before. And I always think if there's no downside, there's really always the opportunity to take it even if it means that maybe you have an hour less of your day, but you you can cram in somewhere. Makes
0: sense. Makes sense. So people listening and watching, this brings us to the end of the podcast interview. And I hope you guys enjoyed and took some value out of it because I did. And you guys know what to do. Stay blessed, keep taking action, and we'll see you in the next one.